0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Power Five and where BYU football fits
1: in. How the Cougars can press the issue of inclusion with the big boys in college football. Legendary quarterback John Beck joins us and tells us what he believes BYU has to do to go next level. Hashtag next level. And how the NFL draft factors into
0: BYU's national brand. Plus, BYU softball headed to the NCAA regionals in Seattle. How BYU Sports Nation changed the course of their season. Don't believe me? Ask their head coach,
2: Gordon Eakin. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on (laughs) BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton
0: and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation, back to work, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Tuesday, May 13th, what is up? I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy that cries every time he watches Sleepless in Seattle. Jeremy. Uh, The Notebook, sure, yeah. (laughs) Wherever and however you may be joining us, great to have you with us. I just saw that movie for the first time, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. What'd you
1: think? I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I'm more of a Joe uh, meets or versus the Volcano, Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks guy, as opposed to Sleepless Seattle, but whatever. What about You've Got Mail? Yeah. (laughs) A classic. (laughs) 90s. Chick flick. Why are we (laughs) talking... Football. Let's talk about football or something. I was, I, that was
0: purposeful, where I, why I was going there. Because you're the guy that won't wear makeup, but you will watch chick flicks and break them down.
1: No, I don't break down <laughs> chick flicks. I'm excited hey. to go to Godzilla this weekend. <laughs> hey, it's a great day to be a cougar. It is a great day to be a cougar. You know it why?
0: Why? Just because. Yeah. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. Link up across BYU Sports Nation wherever, whenever, and get involved in today's Twitter topic. This thing blew up yesterday.
1: Yeah, where is it? Okay, here it is. There it is. What does BYU football need to do for inclusion in the Power 5 scheduling circle? Mm. In reference to the ACC, we'll break it down. SEC made the comments uh, a week ago, week and a half ago. What does BYU need to do to be included in that?
0: John Beck will join us in about 15 minutes to discuss what he feels the Cougars
1: absolutely have to do. Remember, use the hashtag BYUSN for a chance to get your tweet on the screen on BYU TV and or for us to see it. Who doesn't want a little public notoriety? Use the hashtag BYUSN. It makes life easier
0: on all of us. Listen to the show, noon Eastern on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143. Watch the simulcast live on BYUtv and or on BYUtv.org. It's a Tuesday, you ready for this, man?
1: I am ready for this. Rise and shout, it's time for what's trending. What's trending in BYU Sports Nation? Topic
0: one ah, uh, the powers that be. ACC Commissioner John Swafford stirred the BYU Sports Nation pot yesterday. Really, for all independents, Navy, Army. Is there anybody else that's independent? Notre Dame, not really Notre Dame, but well, uh, Army will be in the American next that's year. That's very true. B- BYU and understandably so, had the most knee-jerk reaction to what he said. So he, here's the thing. The Atlantic Coast Conference has not yet determined if BYU, Army, Navy will be included in the new scheduling format as a Power 5 opponent. We call them Power 5 Plus, right? Yeah, They're not in the Power
1: 5, but they're the plus part. Yes.
0: They're the high tier of the non-Power 5 schools. Yes. Okay, so this this is part two because BYU has – Seemingly already been excluded by the SEC. We don't know if that's finalized. I know that Tom Homo was down. As, there, as of now to they're out.
1: Like, they're out as of now.: yes. I mean, things can change. Now the ACC is wavering, so people are kind of starting to wig out. because those two conferences are going to play eight conference games. The other three will play nine. That's why this is a question.: The thought is, great. Here
0: we go again. First, the SEC thinks we're not good enough. Now the ACC is <laughs> leaning towards the same scenario. Is BYU like a teenager right now?
1: Are we good enough to be in the cool crowd?
0: Like, what's what's dumb is look at yes, look at BYU to, against the ACC over the recent past. Did we not dominate Georgia Tech last year and the year before that?
1: Yep. That's the frustrating thing about this is that the SEC and the ACC are not acknowledging that BYU is better than half the Power Five. Did we not they dominate are. Texas? They yes, are. And we I, did. I'm talking historically. The last forty years, BYU tied for the fourth most wins in NCAA football history, D1. Like, BYU is a national championship, Heisman Trophy winner. I know those things came a while ago, but in terms of program prestige, you're telling me BYU's not on the same level or higher than mid-level teams like Rutgers, Iowa State, Virginia, teams like that. BYU is at that level, and for them to be out is annoying. Here's why people are freaking out, because BYU's in the
0: same paragraph as Army and Navy.
1: Huh? What? I mean... No, no disrespect to those who serve no, our country, the but academies but, are awesome. But we're but talking program. about the programs Football on program. the field. You know who else is out that should be frustrated? Central Florida, a team that won a BCS game last year, is in the same position as uh, Troy. What about Cincinnati? Even Cincinnati c- has been to a BCS game. Yes. They, they've had a top twenty program. So for BYU to be, uh, th- this is this is yet a, another indication that as of now. BYU, if as the lo- the line in the sand continues to be drawn, eventually a fence is put up at some point. But right now, it's just the sand that BYU is on the out. BYU-, BYU needs to get in.
0: BYU Sports Nation all riled up because of BYU being included in the same paragraph as Army and Navy when they're talking about the Power Five and being included in the Power ACC schedule. Yeah. yeah. So we we get it. BYU traditionally has been a better program than the the military schools they they just have. Oh, and the, and at least half of the Power Five they win they've won enough against teams from Power Five conferences that you would think they can compete in a, you know on a week in week out basis they they can do that
1: yeah I mean Boise State is feeling this same thing but BYU is in a unique situation as an independent where they're trying to schedule these teams and more than let's say BYU was back in the Mountain West. <gasps> And they had uh, a nine-game <laughs> conference schedule and three non-conference games. You probably want to sk- schedule one Power 5 team, maybe. Maybe two. Cooler heads will always prevail. Now BYU wants, what, three or four?
0: Yeah. Now, now and cool- we'll
1: break that down in a second. I'll tell you exactly how many BYU has in Cooler
0: heads will prevail. And, and Tom Holmo is the athletic director. And trust me, he's a guy that is absolutely dialed into what the situation is. This
1: would keep him if anything keeps him up at night, it is this conversation.
0: He sent out this tweet last night in response to all of this craziness that happened when the ACC decided to sound off on the independents. He said, quote, "Folks, I feel like scheduling is proceeding in a positive manner. That's I goodness. suggest you not react to every press
1: release as if it's final." End quote. All right, good enough for me. Yes, good enough because that's the guy scheduling these games. That's what we're talking about. And what the end of the line with this conversation is expansion inclusion.
0: At one point, Tom responded to a fan last night, and I'm I'm paraphrasing, but he said essentially he said, "Yeah, I'm frustrated too. I'm the guy that wakes up every day <laughs> and fights the battle."
1: Okay? He's he, the one doing it. He this.
0: understands. Like people are like, "Oh, what, what's he doing? What's going that, on over there? I do
1: this, too. I love that people sound a certain way when you quote them. Like It's never like a really intelligent person yeah. that has it. What's, what's happening like, over there hey, at Hey, hey, what are you thinking <laughs> about that? You know, they always have some weird voice. Well, I mean. No, wanna, I, do, I wanna, do that, too. Yeah, you want to know how I really feel about and it? That's then what some, I really feel about it. Like when you're telling a story about some guy, the, and then the guy on the road. Let oh, me off and he was yelling at me. It's never like, "Why, kind sir, you cut me off? I appreciate don't appreciate that."
0: Okay, the point being, Tom Homo, <laughs> tangent. You don't know better than him. You don't know better than him. You just don't. Like he he's the athletic director
1: for a reason, and he is scheduling non or he is scheduling po- power five teams, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation Stat of the Day. I don't know if this will blow your mind, but hopefully it's informative, and that's the point of the stat of the day. 31. BYU has 31 games scheduled versus the Power 5 and Notre Dame the next 12 seasons.
0: 31 games. 31.
1: 12 at home, 17 on the road, 2 neutral. Oh, so it's really not like 5 at home and 26 on the road. Now, those aren't in November per se. Some are, but... BYU has them. Do you, let's break it down by conference. Ask me a conference, Power 5, and I'll tell you the number. Mm, the first one that comes to mind is the Pac-12. Pac-12, 18 of the 31. Wow. There's a lot. Okay. How about,
0: and I'm sure I'm sure that has something to do with the fact that Tom Homel was a coach in the Pac-12 at one point and has lots of good relationships over there. I think it's there. mostly regional. Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, and regional, sure. How about the Big Ten?
1: Four. Two games with Wisconsin, Nebraska, Michigan.
0: Really? That's more than I would think. Okay, so you have the
1: four okay. games, BYU. Yes. Uh, let's go Big Twelve, Texas and West Virginia. Scheduled. ACC. This is a, this year and beyond. ACC three with Virginia in the future. That's it. That's it. ACC. Okay. Hmm. SEC zero, uh, and then Notre Dame there four pending games between twenty fifteen and twenty twenty. That's six years. Okay. Thirty one games. Who lined all those up? Thomas F. Homo. <laughs> I don't know his middle name. <laughs> Gay homo, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. He's the guy that lined all of those up. And it's not like we're playing
1: cupcakes in the Pac-12. Stanford, USC, okay? Look at that. Utah, Cal, Arizona, Arizona State, Washington State.
0: Yeah. There, there are some notable programs in those Power 5 games that have been scheduled.
1: Now, as a, as a consumer of BYU football, otherwise known as a fan, and uh, working here. I want BYU to play Pac-12 teams, but I also want them to play other teams everywhere. I, I want to see SEC on the schedule. There's no SEC on the schedule in the future. I would like to see that. I want to see, see more ACC because that means you are going to what? The Atlantic Coast. The East Coast. I yeah. want BYU on the East Coast more. Central Florida's cool. That's the American. That's great. That's a good game. That's the, that might be the best non-Power 5 plus game you can get. At Central Florida. It is. Listen, I'm not, I love people that are like, why are you
0: apologizing for Tom Homo, Spencer? I'm not apologizing for him. I just know him, and I know what he's
1: up to and what, he's, what he wants to do. He's, made, he's been very clear about that. Let's move the conversation to this. BYU needs to get in. Yes. Uh, now, now, is there a problem if BYU uh, stops being scheduled as a Power 5-plus game uh, in starting in 2017 with the ACC and teams like that? As of now, I do not see a huge problem. I think BYU can still schedule good I trust good teams. the athletic director and what he said last night. And b- what if what if teams don't think BYU is a power five, but they still schedule them because they don't respect them enough? Then you still get them, and then it doesn't even matter. Man. Like if Wisconsin doesn't see BYU on the same tier as USC and Stanford, that's fine. But if Wisconsin schedules BYU, great. BYU needs the power five more than the power five needs BYU.
0: Let's scan the rest of our BYU Sports Nation beat for other trending topics. We'll start with baseball. Huge game between BYU and Utah tonight. This one will determine whether the
1: series finishes 2-2 two and two or if the Cougars can win it 3-1. Just beat Utah. Pac-12 Network and BYU Radio tonight. I believe 9 Eastern time. Our Twitter
0: question today is... What does BYU need to do for inclusion into the Power 5 scheduling circle? At Snow of Utah says, sell out. It worked for Utah. Oh, wait.
1: It kind of backfired there, didn't it? Just stay the course and win, win, win. I'm telling you, eventually, if BYU gets into a conference, which I think they need to, <laughs> that's the cost. You might be a seller a dweller, a bottom dweller for a while.
0: Up next, BYU legendary quarterback John Beck joins us to talk about what the Cougars have to do to be in the Power 5 conversation consistently. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. It airs weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, byuradio.org. And the BYU Radio iOS app, also simulcast on BYU TV. That's
1: right. And coming up June 23rd, a little over a month now, uh, BYU Football Media Day live on BYU TV. Interviews with uh, just about everybody, reaction, hopefully some news. uh, I can't wait for Media Day.
0: If it's relevant to BYU football, it will be
1: happening on June 23rd. Yeah, it's fantastic
0: making his latest and greatest return to the show, former BYU quarterback and BYU Sports Nation favorite, John Beck. John, you you recently signed a deal to play for the BC Lions in the Canadian Football League. How's the real challenge of currency conversion going thus far?
3: (laughs) I'm learning about it. I uh, had my first experience (laughs) when I went up there uh, about a month ago, so I'm learning all the things that kind of uh, are part of Canada and being a person that now spends part-time up there.
0: Which area has the nicest people, British Columbia or Provo? <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> you know what? I actually haven't been able to meet too many of the people from British Columbia, so I have to go with Provo. Okay,
1: fair enough, fair enough. How much did you know about uh, the Canadian Football League prior to signing with the BC Lions?
3: Um, you know, when I signed with them, I had some knowledge. It was probably the year before that, like probably eight months before that, when I kind of had to start learning because I really... I couldn't have told you a single team up there, Um, but it was in that year that I didn't get on a roster and I had CFL teams that were contacting my agent. I kind of knew, well, you know, if nothing happens in the NFL, it looks like if I want to keep strapping the cleats on, I'm going to have to go up there. So that's when I started watching the games, especially with Max being up there. It was kind of intriguing for me to watch the games while also watching Max and seeing how he was adjusting to the, the Canadian game. And then having a chance to talk to him on the phone during the weeks, saying, okay, hey, tell me about this, what was going on. That was kind of my introduction to everything. So when I signed with the CFL, I had a pretty good knowledge of it. It was before that when I had no idea.
0: John Beck, former BYU quarterback legend and now playing for the B.C. Lions on BYU Sports Nation. Speaking of Max Hall, John, uh, we've, we've talked to you about his bocce ball experience before and also Dennis Pitta, and it just so happens we were talking to Dennis the other day about that bocce competition between you guys. And, uh, he, you know, he had, he had this to say about you claiming that you're a good bocce ball player. Listen to this.
1: You know, it doesn't surprise me that John would make a comment like that. He's typically, <laughs> You know, he's typically a little delusional when it comes to his abilities.
0: How do you respond to Dennis Pitta, John?
3: Well, first off, I don't think I've ever played bocce ball with Dennis. I think maybe it was my sophomore year when Dennis was a freshman. So... I know I probably smoked him then. <laughs> I don't know where the other interpretation came from. But you know, next time Dennis is on the radio, you'll have to ask him about the, the time that he got dunked on by me up in Montana. You dunked
1: you had, on Dennis Pitta? You had hops, John, or have yes,
3: just just ask Dennis about it the next time he <laughs> <laughs>
1: dunked. Fair enough. That that's, that's marked down, that's gonna happen. There was some epic uh, bocce ball uh <laughs> Games? I don't even know what they're called in the IPF back in the day. But. Hey,
3: so I do have a question, though. Yeah. I can't remember the story of how I got thrown in there. Was it somebody oh. thought it was me that it was in, yeah, that, it in was, that little segment?
1: Yeah, it was us in March. We were doing the show from Vegas at the West Coast Conference Basketball Tournament, and we mistakenly said uh, you oh, in yeah, that's watch right, that's instead of right. Max. You're like, well, I'm th-, you're thinking of Max, but I would dominate them anyway. So then that's
3: we, right, that's yeah. right. Yeah, they're lucky that I wasn't in that match. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love the competitive juices. Uh, I want to move to a different topic, one that's in the news, and we'll talk about the NFL draft in a moment, but uh, BYU appearing to be left kind of outside in the conversation of BYU getting scheduled by Power 5 conferences, who are like the ACC and SEC. They're going to play eight conference games, and then uh, against a Power 5 team. BYU not considered uh, one of those teams. Notre Dame is. Your thoughts on BYU kind of on the outside in getting scheduled uh, against Power 5 teams, non-conference games.
3: Well, you just, well, I would say my view is that I hope it can change. Obviously, with the viewing power that BYU has of having its game on ESPN, you would think that that would be kind of a driving force to kind of get that in the works. I know that, like Notre Dame, they have their TV deal that they've always had, and they have a very prestigious name nationwide. And I do know that when you go on the opposite coast, you know, there are a lot of people that they've heard of BYU, but that's really about it. To them, it's just uh a place that's out west, and they know it is the Mormon School, and it's not really viewed the same way as a lot of the people out here on the west coast, even those that live in Pac-10 cities or states or Pac-12, excuse me, you know, they all know about BYU because it's a west coast-based team. But back east, they view BYU completely differently, and it shows up in a lot of areas. Um, but I think that might be one of the biggest parts. You know, who are the people that are making the decisions? Are the majority of them teams that are... East Coast, Southeast, whereas the only Power Conference that you're bringing in is probably the Pac-12 Conference. As far as when you draw that midline through the states, I know there's some teams that are part of the Big 12 that are going to be considered that conference, but a lot of those Big 12 teams are kind of Texas and then East because you go, you dive over into Missouri, you dive into those other states. So, you know, it's probably a tough spot for BYU to be in. I think if they can continue to have good years. Um, and continue to have a recognition on the national level by their games being viewed um, nationwide, I think that can change things. So I think where it stands right now, you'd like to see them in now, but I think if continue in the right direction, that can John
0: Beck on BYU Sports Nation, former BYU quarterback, now playing for the BC Lions, about to get his season underway. You brought up just winning games and staying relevant that way, John. What else besides winning can BYU do to kind of force the issue, press the issue about being included in that Power 5 scheduling agreement?
3: Well, I think number one, first and foremost, it has to be the winning. You know, outside of that, there's a lot of things that you can try to do, but it, it's going to take having some, some big-time seasons with some double-digit wins, with wins over top-quality opponents, I and mean, then getting opportunities to be invited to big bowl games and winning in them, because... I think everybody knows that BYU travels well to bowl games. I think everybody knows there's a national following. That's why we have the ESPN deal. That's why we have Nike, because there's a huge national following. People already know that. But I think that those conferences, those other conferences, that they may view things differently or they may view BYU as not quite the Notre Dame. It's going to take stepping up and winning some of those big games and really doing it. Uh, in a fashion that says, hey, we want in. Not we want to sneak in, but hey, let's put our foot down and we, and we want in on this thing.
1: John Beck is on BYU Sports Nation. I think a couple of factors uh, go into this as well. The fact that Utah went to two BCS games and is up the street. Uh, I think BYU fans are a little antsy about not only BYU, uh, Utah being in the Pac-12, but the fact that they got nationally relevant at that level. 11 wins was really good. Like What you did in 06 was really good. I think 12 and 13 kind of changes the conversation, too. Does BYU need to have that kind of season with a marquee win or two to kind of get in the next level of conversation?
3: You know, I think it would. Uh, I often look back at that 06 season and think, holy cow, we were just, you know, a field goal. And a, against Arizona, they called back a touchdown on us. I mean, we were so close to being a you know an undefeated team. But I often wonder, had we gone undefeated that year, would it really have changed anything? Because... Boise State had started out the polls so much higher than us, and we were playing on the mountain. Like, who was going to see any of those games? I know that, uh, the, like, ESPN, the play that I threw to Johnny at the Utah game got, like, top play of the Saturday, but how many people really had an opportunity to see that play? Not a lot of people because of the mountain. So I think that right now, BYU is in a good situation because of their deal with ESPN, but it probably is going to take a Cinderella type season. And then now with this playoff, I mean, a huge thing would be if BYU could get invited to the playoffs.
1: Yeah, bigger than getting into the BCS. That would
3: be bigger. Yeah, that would be something huge because now all eyes, it's going to be just like the NFL playoffs. I don't care a fan of what team you are, when the NFL playoffs are going on, every NFL football fan is watching every single one of those games. And, you know, college bowl season, who watches every single bowl game? Nobody. But NFL playoffs, if you're a football fan, you're watching as many games as you can. You watch, like, wild card weekend, you're watching everything. So I think that if BYU can get their name in that, in that showdown, that would be huge.
0: John Beck, a second-round pick in the 2007 NFL draft by the Miami Dolphins. You just watched another BYU guy get drafted in the second round to the Detroit Lions, Kyle Van Noy. And now there's this side topic of speaking of national prominence, BYU's only had two draft picks into the NFL in the last four years. How much do you read into that and the fact that they haven't won games and how, how does that all tie into establishing your program as one of the national powerhouses when you, when you only have a few NFL draft picks?
3: Well, the draft is kind of a funny deal. I know that a lot of times teams, they do view the athletes that come from the SEC schools, the Big Ten schools, they view them differently because there's always that topic of level of uh, competition. Well, the level of competition was different. Well, these guys are going to be more NFL-ready to step in because the level of competition. That's always thrown around out there. Um, I think that that does at times hurt players from BYU trying to come out. Obviously, there's times, like with somebody like Kyle, who had gained recognition early in his career, was being recognized going into his senior year. Uh, I saw something that the Detroit Lions said, one of the things that that jumped out to them was when they were recruiting, or not not recruiting, but when they were watching tape of Ziggy last year, that Kyle was just jumping out at him. So they had previously taken an interest in Kyle, even before Kyle was coming out in the draft. Things like that have to happen for a player to get drafted. And you'd be surprised as well, some of those players that are drafted in the later rounds, some of them have connections to people on the staff or on teams or somebody knows this person. And what happens is is they don't want to wait around to take a chance and possibly not get them in free agency after the draft ends. So they use sixth and seventh round picks just to make sure they get a guy. But really once practice starts, there is no difference between a sixth, seventh round pick or an undrafted free agent. So It's a little bit hard to say the whole draft and how big of a deal it makes to be drafted. I think when you're an upper-round draft person, it definitely makes a difference, but the lower end, it doesn't as much. I think BYU, if they can start getting in that topic of conversation, being recognized as a school that is a powerhouse, it'll definitely help because you look at some of the schools that always have four or five guys drafted every single year, it's guys coming from those other schools recognized as big schools, NFL-ready players, all of that.
1: John Beck is on BYU Sports Nation. That's interesting stuff about the uh, sixth and seventh round guys being the same as free agents. I like that. When you look at uh, BYU football and the NFL draft, is that part of the conversation as a BYU football player that uh, the elite talent from BYU trying to get into the league is that is that part of BYU's football program?
3: I mean, that's how I always viewed it when I when I went to BYU. My, I mean, I obviously wanted to go play in the NFL from so them. You know, a minute I've made a decision, and you obviously try to make a decision um, based off of two things. For me, I can just show you my experience. One was, what's going to be the best school for me, regardless of football, but for my life as a person? And then, two, I want to get to the NFL. Is this school also going to help me get to the NFL? Am I going to have an opportunity to play, compete, learn the things I need to learn so I can get there? And you try to make a decision based off of those two things. And it's hard because sometimes you can put one over the other, and you can put the football thing in front of the life thing, and that's what makes it a difficult decision, but from the minute I walked on BYU's campus, I had a goal to make it to the NFL, so in all my training and all everything, that was my focus, and I had other players around me that were just like that. When we went out and worked, we worked because we wanted to win football games that season, we wanted to improve who we were as a player, and then down the road, we all had dreams and aspirations of going and playing the NFL, and uh, I think that that's Very common at every school because everybody wants to make it to the NFL. I think that all schools are alike. I think BYU has a very cool thing that Bronco has done where if you walk upstairs in the football building, you have all those pictures of BYU players that have gone on to the NFL, you have all the helmets of all the NFL teams, they have a list of the players named beneath them who have played for those teams. You have a giant picture of Dennis Pitt, giant pictures of Chad Lewis, of Rob Morris, of all these guys that have gone on and had success in the NFL. So I think Bronco understands that, and he's trying to continue that, saying, hey, we have a legacy here of NFL players, and we can improve upon this. Is it a shame a little bit that BYU has only had that many guys get drafted? Yeah, of course it is. But how many of those guys that get signed later as undrafted free agents are still playing in the league? You know, Vic Soto, I think he's going on his like fourth season in the NFL. Well, here's a guy that I don't believe was drafted, but who's put together a career longer than a lot of the people that do get drafted. So... BYU is putting good people in there. Would it be great to get more recognition to get more drafted guys? Definitely. Will BYU gaining more national recognition help that? Probably. Will having guys from BYU pan out help other guys? Yes. It helps to have people that are coming from your school successful when it all of a sudden becomes your turn to come out.
0: In a roundabout way, winning is the solution to all of this, is it not?
3: Winning makes everything better in life, guys. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> Losing sucks. Winning fixes everything. <laughs>
0: Whether it's bocce ball or football, just win, baby, to quote former oh, yeah. and late and great uh, Raiders owner Al Davis. John, always great to talk to you. Uh, good luck in, Can- in Canada and uh, tear up the Canadian Football League, man.
3: Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks,
1: John.
0: What does BYU football need to do for inclusion in the Power 5 scheduling circle? That is our Twitter topic today. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Just do it. Every time I hear John Beck, I just think, Find his guy! James Bates of yeah. the Mountain. Man, it never gets old. Up next, one of the new plenty men on time, campus in time. the BYU football office is Zach Nyborg, Director of Football Operations. What does he do?
2: We're about what to
1: find out. What does he
0: do, Spencer? Good answer. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the
0: BYU Store. Yes, it is. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B at BYU Broadcasting. Follow our show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. You can follow us at Spencer underscore
1: Linton. And if you so choose, at Jerem Jordan. And uh, what's Steve Bales, just so he doesn't get mad at me? <laughs> at Solid Steve. <laughs> Something like that with an X. <laughs> yeah, At Solid Steve. Hey, it's the off season. We know that you crave football and other sports, so log on to com today. You can get the latest in BOE Sports news, articles, interviews, highlights, all of that. Also, the film room. I mentioned this yesterday. But if you want to watch classic games, even recent games with BOE football and other sports, go to com. click on film room, and uh, the rest of your day will be gone because you're going to find (laughs) a gajillion awesome games. Enjoy. You're welcome.
0: What does BYU football have to do to get included in the Power 5 conferences? That has been our Twitter conversation Scheduling. Today. Scheduling. Not yes. expansion. Just scheduling. Just, just, get, just get yes. it. yeah, That would be the operative word there, wouldn't it? Yeah, there's, a, there's a
1: difference.
0: Bale yeah. <laughs> Spencer. Uh, send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. Let us know what you think about BYU potentially not being in the ACC future scheduling agreement in the Power 5 Plus as Jerem has dubbed it. Uh, also, if you crave BYU football, then you're in for a treat. Zach Nyborg, the new director of football operations at BYU, making his BYU Sports Nation debut. Zach, it's been a long, windy road here. Back to BYU, but now you're here. Uh, walk us through uh, what brought you to BYU and what you're going to be doing for the Cougars. Well,
2: that's a questions. question, it is. first of all. Yeah. So. You, have five, <laughs> you have five minutes. No, <laughs> Okay, got it. Uh, no, happy to be here. Um, it, it's been a long process, and it was a difficult one. You know, to think of you know where where we're at and and how we got here. But starting it when I went to school here, I coached at Timview High School. Was there for two years, and then decided you know, I'm a young guy, don't have anything holding me down, so I want to get into the college game. So
1: you mean marriage? Is that what you're referring to? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> if that, if that's what you're talking.
2: And I'm I'm still at that point too. So <laughs> anyway, um, I I decided nothing tying me down. Time to give it a shot. College football, something that intrigued me. So I looked and I volunteered up at Utah State, was given an opportunity up there and just kind of made the most of it and worked my way up when Coach Anderson took over the defense as the defensive coordinator. He took me over from the offense, over the defense with him, and then eventually got up to a graduate assistant with the quarterbacks that last year at Utah State. And then as the process came about, as people reached out to Coach Anderson, wondering you know, if they'd come work for him. I was involved in that process, and the and really the conversation just all it was was such and such called you coming, yes, okay, good, and uh, Wisconsin came up, and it was a whirlwind. You know, we we got done with our bowl game the next day, we drove home. I went in, and started preparing his packet for the interview. He went the next day, then the day after that, got the phone call, got on an airplane, was in Wisconsin, and the rest is history. And uh, wow, yeah, it it was very fast and just kind of as, as this. That was that was a great year. Uh, much of a learning curve for me to go through and be, you know, the DFO for the first time. Learned a lot, especially at a, at a Big Ten institution, you know, an elite program. To learn a kind of how it's operated was was a great learning experience for me. And then as as I heard that Dwayne retired, you know, the idea popped in my mind. Well, it's it's home, and that's uh, my alma mater, and you know, why not, and and talked with Coach Anderson, and he talked with, uh, he called up Coach Mendenhall. It was the first, you know, kind of interaction and connection that, that I'd had with this job, and, you know, went through the whole process, and, and here we are. You
0: can always come home, Zach. Yeah. You can always come That's with good. open
2: arms. Welcome yeah. back.
1: <laughs> and, and so you did your undergrad at BYU. Yes. You were here. You I was here. at BYU.
2: I was here, and I was coaching, Then that I did my bachelor's in three years. That last year, I was up in in Logan coaching, and then... You know, coming back, so it was it was a lot of driving back and forth to, to get my degree done. When I did it, I'm finishing a master's this summer through Utah State, um, and now we're here. So. Okay,
1: so good. You, you mentioned uh, an DFO. Mm-hmm. That's what we should call you, the Director sure, that, of Football Operations.
2: That's for short, sure. Yep.
1: Yeah, the DFO. Okay, yep. so that's now a phrase that BYU Sports Nation understands. Okay. Uh, so did you did you see the opening when Dwayne Busby retired? Long time uh, DFO BYU and. And then reach out, to, or did you? Were you contacted about the opening?
2: We saw it, and Coach Anderson reached out to Coach Mendenhall, say, "Hey, do you need a guy? Because I've got a guy to be a huge hit for me, but you know, I need to let him go, and if that's what he wants to do." Okay, so right.
0: you you saw it first, and then then mm-hmm. the reach out took place. Yep. Zach Nyborg, the DFO, Director of Football Operations at BYU, now joining BYU Sports Nation. I actually met you at the Rose Bowl during that crazy turnaround of when you went with Coach Anderson from Utah State to Wisconsin. It was January 1st, 2013, and you two are on the sidelines. He's not officially the Wisconsin football coach, but he's kind of in that limbo period still watching his team as Barry Alvarez was coaching the Badgers. And uh, and I I had you take a picture of me and Coach (laughs) Anderson that that was used somehow on KSL's website, (laughs) and you said, I don't even remember that. And no, I,
2: I don't blame you. Yep, yeah, it was a world. That was that was a great trip. We're just there to you know observe and be a part of the Rose Bowl, be a part of that experience, hang out with Ron Dane. and then at the hotel every night we'd go we'd go and watch practice first, then we would go to the hotel. I would hung a sheet over over the uh, window and we had a projector looking at all the recruits, and you know, that, was, that was a crazy time. We had all the assistants that were hired at that time there with us, and yeah, being on the sideline that was fun.
1: That's wild. So yeah. how how many years from? You're on the sidelines at Timfew High School in Provo. To the to, Rose Bowl! To, to yeah. the Rose Bowl. To uh, you're actually at Wisconsin.
2: Well, this will be my fifth year now in college. So at Timfew, I was there in 08 and 09. Utah State, 10, 11, 12. Wisconsin, 13. Now BYU, 14.
1: You're on the fast track, man. So, so Timfew to Timfew to Wisconsin. This is just a regular mm-hmm. path people take <laughs> uh, in five years.
2: Yeah. A lot so, of it's luck, and a lot of it's uh, being with the right people and... I was with the right people, and they gave me the opportunity.
1: So. What What was the I'm-a-part-of-big-time college football moment for you, being at Wisconsin? Oh,
2: probably the Rose Bowl, you know, because there, there's so much more with the Rose Bowl and, and the fact that Coach Anderson wasn't coaching yet. They took him around to all the different events that they had that pertained to Wisconsin and the Alumni Association and just kind of sit back and, and look at it. And, you know, I'm just a guy that's behind the scenes, but – I'm there watching the guy, and it's like, wow. It, I mean, people really care. Yeah. And in, in Wisconsin, just as like it is here on Saturdays, it's Badger Red, and difference only there is on Sundays it's Packer Green too. Mm-hmm. So you'll it's a cool
1: environment. You will appreciate the piece of cheese I brought back from Milwaukee, then? Did you? That we put on? Yeah, we put there. You on go. Appreciate li- that. Luckily, it's plastic; it is not yeah. molded away.
0: Zach Nyborg, the director of football operations at BYU, on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, okay, so take us from. The the path that you took from Wisconsin to here, and trying to figure out your job description because I I'm, I want to know what what is it that you exactly do or will do for BYU football, and that that's probably another loaded question.
2: I'm still figuring that out as <laughs> yeah. we go. Um, really, if, if you look at the the DFO and the job description, it, it's if you look at it in business terms, it's the COO and the CFO of the football program, and you know there there's a lot that it that's involved, just as the same as it was with Coach Anderson. Here at BYU, I'm the right hand guy of of Coach Mendenhall, and so everything that we need to take care of from an administration side, anything that's the X, X's and O's really passes by uh, through me, and and it's great. We have great people, and really, you just have to oversee and, and manage it all because we have hard
1: people, hard working people that do the job, and they they do a great job at. I noticed that Jeff Martson tweeted that he's watching this interview. How hard <laughs> does Jeff Martson work? Jeff Martson's the best.
2: I mean. In the little time that I've gotten to interact with him and know, uh, he's he's another young guy that's excited and he works hard and he's he's very talented. Recruiting and, director, yeah, those are all nice things, Jeff. You hear that? Cerebral <laughs> is another thing that I say. So he's there's a process that he that he looks at, and you know it's different to recruit at BYU, um, and you got to have
1: the fit, and he understands it, and and he does a great
2: job of finding those kids.
1: So for example, this morning. Uh, you show up at the office, uh and then what did you do this morning with Bronco Mantle? Just so we get a taste of like what you what you ended up. Okay. Doing. Uh this morning we had seven
2: AM workouts for the guys that were in spring classes. So we went and observed that for a little bit and then I kind of just got on my whiteboard in the office and started planning fall camp. So went through the pass and kind of laid out what we did at Wisconsin, then have examples from what they've done here in the last few years and started just writing on the board and then I'll get some thoughts and ideas from Coach Mendenhall. We'll go from there and also did a little stadium walkthrough today to find out the different things. It's, it's, right now it's just meeting a lot of people and, and learning the different
1: interactions that take place. Including us. That's part of this process, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big no. <laughs> Director of
0: Football Operations, Zach Nyborg on BYU Sports Nation. I know you haven't had a ton of time with Coach Mendenhall relatively mm-hmm. But uh, we, I've learned some things about the coach over the past year that I've been interviewing him and, and working with him, including his favorite snacks. Do you know Bronco Mendenhall's favorite snacks, Zach?
2: No. Okay. All right, I, did, well. I did watch that interview from uh, Spring Ball. Maybe it was Rolos <laughs> or something like that. Or he was disappointed in the yeah. Rolos that you this guys had. Important.
0: This is important. Okay. It is a Heath bar. Heath. Okay, yeah. and if you want to go next level, if you want a huge favor of Coach Mendenhall, you ask for jalapeno chips, kettle-cooked chips.
2: Okay,
1: got it. Remember, well, you don't need to done. suck up like this guy. Like, I you, 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 have, a, you up. have a certain relationship with him of professionalism, as opposed to like, hey, we're bringing in crates of Costco candy mm-hmm. now for you in like two years, right? <laughs> I was at Costco last night. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, trust me, Zach. wants he'll you'll take any angle you can to get any with the coach, right?
2: Oh, right. The, the Costco run last night was I'm going to put candy jars in my office to entice the players, okay? To come in, so there I can go. build relationships with. That's them. how it happens, but Snacks. not Bronco Mendenhall, right? No, I know where to find him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, the director of football operations, his name is Zach Nyborg. When do you feel like the schedule is going to get going really crazy for you? I know that it's a lot of meeting people and walking through, but when when does it just go like full steam ahead for you?
2: If you were to plan when to make a transition as a DFO, right now would be the time to okay. do it because it's, it's a downtime. The coaches are out spring recruiting. It's just a lot of preparation for the season. Obviously, once you get towards the end of July when you're really – amping up the fall camp schedule and really once you hit the end of july through the bowl game end of the bowl game is it's it's crazy all the time once you get to a bowl game it, it's it's fast and furious because you have to plan basically a whole week in a couple days and so that, that was a crazy time last year but it really never stops in this business uh the dfo is a 24-7 job and got always be available for those guys
1: and you have uh i imagine multiple cell phones to be able to do this job Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, it's it's I,
2: just so you guys can't ever get what I t- text my mom.
1: So Yeah, <laughs> no, nor do we need that. Yeah, if you tweet your mom, yeah. we can probably see that. Yeah, but. that's true. Um, we want to introduce you to something that we do every okay. day here. I know you've watched the show a little bit yep. uh, in Wisconsin, but we count down to Connecticut every day. Countdown
2: to Connecticut. 108. We're really excited about the Connecticut game. That's good. I need to update that in the locker room. So thanks for giving me the number.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, so, got, you guys
2: helped me today.
1: So is it is, it, uh, is there an hour countdown or just days? Like one oh eight.
2: It's the- it's day hour second. Ooh. There's just a continuous countdown in the locker
1: room. So, so. so do you know? Do we know what time the game starts? It's Six p.m. Mountain. Bang biscuit. Oh, there we go. We okay. may ne- we may need to go next level. Friday point, the twenty like ninth. Yeah. 20- exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Zach, it's been great to have you on BYU yeah. Sports Nation. Oh. Good luck, and before you go, we want you to sign our BYU Sports Nation Rise Up flag.
1: Outstanding! You were the first uh, DFO to sign this flag ever. Beautiful. I would have you know that because we have for a lot me, on the show often. Wait, wait,
0: and he's a lefty. I can't am a go lefty. Wrong with, Can't go wrong nope, with a lefty. We're good. Up next on BYU Sports Nation: BYU softball headed to the Northwest for the NCAA Regionals. How BYU Sports Nation changed that program. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for
1: authentic BYU products. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Video is on BYUtv.org slash DVR. Audio is on BYUsportsNation.com. So if you miss the show live, you can catch video or audio every day. You have no excuse not to watch and
0: or listen. Joining us now, the head softball coach of the West Coast Conference Champions, the inaugural season of the WCC, He is the man in charge of the BYU Cougars on the diamond. His name is Gordon Eakin. Coach, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Uh, You don't have much time to prepare to get to Seattle. You're already on the road again. But uh, we wish you congratulations on uh, all you've accomplished this season thus far.
4: Thank you, and I'm I'm glad to be joining
1: you. A 15-game win streak, Coach. At the beginning of the season, you always play a tough non-conference schedule. You had a losing record there for a while, but you've turned it around, especially in conference play. What changed for your team?
4: Uh, experience and uh, and your show. Um, <laughs> what I want to know is if, <laughs> the first thing I want to know is if I get the same kind of karma you've given to all the players each week as they've been on your show because Without exception, every player has come away and had an incredible weekend after being on your program.
0: <laughs> Absolutely you get that, BYU Sports Nation karma coach.
1: Uh, Perfect. And I, and I think it really, I mean, it could it could scatter over the whole team through you. I'm not sure how this works. But I do know this, that your calls as the third base coach will be impeccable and amazing. <laughs> Runners are going to come flying around. You're going to wave them in when you normally wouldn't have. They'll score. I mean, stuff's going to happen.
4: I like it. I like it. So I'm glad I I made time for this. And I I guess to tell you what has changed is is experience. As you have uh, interviewed one freshman after another, or one underclassman as an uh, after another, we've got uh, we've got a group of uh, players that are young and inexperienced. And early on, they they needed to experience Division One softball, which is at a much higher level than they were used to. And uh, McKenna Bull couldn't, you know, throw one down the middle and get away with it anymore. And so it's, it's just uh, it was a learning experience for him. And gaining that experience through the, the non-conference schedule and tough competition was just invaluable. And and it started to click about halfway through the year. And you link that uh, that uh, young talent with the experience that we had on the team with. You know, the seniors that are playing well for us, and it, it just started working for us.
0: Gordon Eakin, the head softball coach at BYU, in his 12th season in charge, four championships in four different conferences. We'll get to that in a bit. Let's talk about the youth movement that you've brought up with McKenna Bull, your pitcher, and Sidney Broderick, your outstanding catcher from Virginia. We had Mackenzie St. Clair in here. When you look at the wealth of freshman talent that you have, how do you not – Get a little bit giddy about what the the prospect of BYU softball holds in the future.
4: Yeah, well, I do. I do get giddy <laughs> about it. It's you know we've had six freshmen starting in our lineup all year long, and then uh, a sophomore in Gordy Bravo and um, Coco Taoli and other sophomore had significant playing time for us. So we were very young, and it is it is very exciting to see that talent level compete at such a high level and the prospects that that gets us for the future.
1: Gordon Eakin is on BYU Sports Nation, the BYU softball coach, as they prepare for the NCAA regional starting Thursday in Seattle. Four different conferences in four years. That's challenging enough just to manage that, let alone win the championship in those conferences. What does that mean to have been, uh, I guess, going to and fro different conferences, but you still have won the championship?
4: Well, it's been a fun ride. I'll tell you that playing in four different conferences and and uh, in all the different venues, it's. I would say that having experienced it, at the process and and winning in four different conferences was a was a wonderful experience. But I can also say I wouldn't want to do it again. So yeah, hopefully yeah, we, yes. you know, hopefully we found a home and we won't make it five and five next year. Although. If that's the case, we'll go where they send us, and we'll we'll play and compete and hopefully win there as well.
0: We're talking with Gordon Neekin, the head softball coach at BYU, on his way to Seattle currently to play in the NCAA regional. You have Northwestern up first. Uh, what do you know about the Wildcats as far as a scouting report and getting to the winner of Iona and Washington?
4: Well, Northwestern is extremely well coached. Um, they're disciplined. They're aggressive. They've got a, a potent offense, um, aggressive on the base pass. So, we, you know, they're just a solid team, and we're going to need to play a solid game to, to beat them. And then uh, once we're through that game, we'll worry about the, the game after that, whether it's Washington or Iona. Washington is an extremely talented team, but we won't start thinking about or worrying about them until our game with Northwestern is over.
1: You shaved your mustache. What went into that decision? I know that wasn't easy.
4: Uh, I I guess I wanted to look more youthful. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Well, there's one thing that Northwestern does not have, and that is the BYU Sports Nation karma, Coach. So now that you have it, we wish you the best of luck in Seattle, and uh, we'll certainly be watching and rooting for you as the Cougars take on the Wildcats.
4: I like it, and feel free to uh, take any of our players anytime because that (laughs) karma is
3: real. You got it. Thanks, Coach. Okay, thank you, guys.
0: You heard it. The karma is real. Another BYU-Utah clash on the baseball diamond tonight. Football north of the border. And who gets today's rise and shout? Mm. All things discussed next. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV and on BYU
1: Radio. This is John Beck, and you are in BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to
0: BYU Sports Nation. We roll on. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. You know what time it is, brother?
1: You know what? It's time for the Cougar whip Around. Baseball. It's another rivalry matchup tonight for the BYU baseball team. The Cougars lead the season series 2-1 with Utah and is looking to close out the Utes with a win tonight. The game Fighting on, Pac-12s. The game is on the Pac-12 network. The Fighting Pac-12 network <laughs> and BYU radio live at 9 Eastern time. Look, Ross. BYU ended their season yesterday uh, with an 11-6 to 6
0: loss in the MCLA National Championship. Against Virginia Tech. Against Virginia that Tech. That was a big upset. BYU. Was, was a in Irvine, California, the Cougars were the 3 seed. Great season.
1: Cougars and the CFL. Hey. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Tonight's the Canadian Football League draft. Yeah. BYU's Kanye <laughs> Akufriel and J.D. Falsa oh. might get drafted in there. Oh, uh, also, goodness. John Beck told us he's heading to the BC Lions at the end of the month in preparation for the upcoming season. Good luck. Hey? hey. Hey, tomorrow, Drew, Tim Twentyman. Uh,
0: His name is Tim Twentyman, spelled like Twenty man. Yeah. Yeah. He knows what's up. Detroit Lions insider, senior writer for the Lions up there in the Motor City. He will join us talk about Kyle Noy and Ziggy Ansah. Re- talk about the Zions Lions. Reunited! Absolutely, the Zions Lions. Mm-hmm. Also on Thursday, Kyle Collinsworth. An update on his uh, prognosis with his ACL, how things are coming along for the star point guard for BYU. Our rise and shout today, it goes to Eric Mika.
1: <laughs> he tweeted one hour ago. By Twitter. See you into Hashtag Caesar is home. He's calling himself Caesar.
0: He tweeted out a picture with him wearing a huge mustache and an Italian flag draped around his shoulders.
1: In front of the temple. <laughs> in Tippanoga's temple. Awesome.
0: Our Twitter question today he was... He leaves tomorrow
1: on his mission. What does BYU need to do for inclusion into the Power Five? Type in
0: that hashtag to see all the responses across BYU Sports Nation. Thanks to our guests, John Beck, Zach Nyborg, Gordon Eakin. The karma is real. Episodes of the show on demand at BYU and the camera. <laughs> We're back to work tomorrow.